Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. Y'all, we're so excited you're here. We are. We've been planning for it since, what, June? This summer, yeah. This summer. Thank you all so much for having us. Oh, y'all. Oh, my goodness. Any excuse to be in the room with you two is a treat (laughs) for us. We have been friends for how many years? When did we first meet you? Let's see. When we first got married... So 2000 mm-hmm. 2002. Two, yeah. 2002. August of 2002. So, so we moved two here. decades. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, we just respect the two of you so much, who you are, your mm-hmm. wisdom. We knew you would have so much to share, your humor. Just so grateful for the two of you. And y'all are on our rotation for we get to speak in Memphis every so often, and we don't ever get to Memphis without spending time with the two of you. We love it, We too. love that time with we you. We love it. We really well, do. Us, too. Thank we you eat some for, good restaurants. Yes. Good yes, food. Yeah. We love being here. I mean, when you ask, I thought, well, we are in the trenches, so. Oh, you that's what we, trenches, that's yes. And before we get to that, yeah. you were a therapist at Daystar for how many years? Just under seven. Yes. So yeah. I got to supervise you. Yes. And I learned so much during my season here. Oh, well, I will never forget you. This is such a silly story, but I can't even remember what was going on with the client that you were seeing or what it was they loved, but they loved something. And you were listening to, oh. I guess, the radio. I know the story. And yes. you entered some kind of contest to yes. win something for that person or something, which, you know, in 2023, <laughs> we get in trouble for doing yes, that because yes, of ethical guidelines. Yes. But there was something like there that. There was a kid who loved this rap artist, and <laughs> I listened to the radio to try to win, I think it was a CD or something for her, mm. and told you about it, and you like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, yeah. when that obviously is one of the stories that comes to my mind the most, and there are dozens of stories that come to my mind about your time here. When that happened, I remember thinking, well, there it is. That Mm -hmm. is such a picture of Betsy and how much she pours herself into, invests, and jumps wholeheartedly into the lives of these kids and what she can do to make them feel cared for and known. Wow, so kind. Well, very true of who you are, were as a therapist, maybe again at some point as a therapist, who you are as a friend to us. And then we got Jean as a bonus friend. Well, yeah, for sure. And she still is a therapist. I mean, she's there, you know, she's giving advice to me and the kids <laughs> yes, and, and yes. everybody else. But I haven't been here. I was just remarking. I haven't been here probably since I was raking leaves and cleaning up in the oh, spring and, yes. and helping to, you know, do a refurbishment, do work days. And that's not because you have a landscape company. That's because <laughs> <laughs> I've got very little us. skill. <laughs> And in much anything other than physical labor. So that was no. uh, that was my gift is raking and hauling stuff. So. Mm. But it's good to be back. Will you talk about what you do too? And we'd love to hear how y'all met and just about yeah. your family and us yeah. start there. Oh, yeah. So my day job, as it were, is I work for a large health system in Memphis. And I'm in a division president for that company. A Methodist Le Bonner Healthcare is the name of the company. They do wonderful work. and. 
serving Memphis in the Mid-South. And so uh, that's what I do during the day. And then I pick up my afternoon Uber shift (laughs) and, you know, extend into the evening with tutoring Mm. and eventually uh, (laughs) maybe maybe get something done by the end of the day. But Mm. yeah, that's what I do. Yes, and I'm so thankful that he picks up that afternoon shift. Mm. It is a huge help. (laughs) Just to respond to you, though, my time here with you guys was just such a sweet time of growing and learning. And in the summers, David and I would do some therapy together. And I still look back on this season with just deep gratitude for Mm. this place, being not only just your friends, but learning and gleaning from you, too. So thank you all so much for Having us here, it's just a treat to be here. For mm-hmm. love, y'all. I can still remember when you announced that you are moving to Memphis. Uh. It's the only time I've had mixed emotions about Gene. I've always <laughs> liked him before and since, but at that moment, I just thought, I don't know how I feel about him in this moment with this job change. <laughs> so because true. we love the two of yes, you so much and so the thought true. of you not being here, which we can only work with because we get to come to your city often and yes. see the two of you. We love so it. You are well, sure we- missed. We do love it. And that decision in particular, I mean, it, it has worked out for the best, but mm. it was definitely a, a difficult decision to mm. make. So we've enjoyed coming back and seeing the fruits of all the labor of this place, too. Mm. I mean, it's just wonderful to see how it's grown and the impact it's made. So it's a proud moment to come back and just see what God's done mm. through the people here. It's wonderful. Really awesome. Will you all talk a little bit about your little people in your life? They're not yes. a little anymore. Yes. Mm. So you asked how we, we met. <laughs> We actually have been together since high school. We were set up on a blind date by a mutual friend. Wow. She was 16 and I was 17. Oh. Yes. And our first date was unimpressive, but we did have fun. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Gene came up and had no plan whatsoever. Uh, we went rolling. We did go rolling. We went rolling. Y'all did not. You went rolling we on, on your first day. On your first day. Yes. But we got there and the people go had no trees. <laughs> so that was interesting. And, I didn't think it through. And <laughs> so we're throwing toilet paper in the air and around the bushes. Just and the two of us. The two of us. And then yeah. we, hear the, we hear the light go on and a, a woman comes out. Oh, yeah, and but. we hide on the side of the house. And they come around the corner and she's like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Betsy. We had a mutual friend at his school. Yeah, we got caught. And she says, who are you? And he says, my name is Tom. I'm like, totally made up his name. It was mine. So anyways, but we had a great time. So but that's how we met. But she gave me another shot. Yes, there you go. And I made did you do a little me. better second date? Yes, I did. You did. did. I did much better. You did okay. much better. It was much, much better. So we literally grown up together mm. and <laughs> went to Auburn together. What that means is we've made all the mistakes in mm. life of growing up together. Yes. So this is true. This is true. Which is why we sit here is it's humbling to sit here and be asked about parenting in the trenches because mm. we've been through the good and the bad and everything in between <laughs> together. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we've been married 20 years and we have four kids. Our oldest is 15 and then we have a 13 year old, nine year old and a six year old. Two boys and two girls. Mm. It's never dull. Mm. They're great kids. They are They're great delightful kids. Delightful human yes, beings. Yes, they They're are wonderful kids. Mm. Yes, yeah. we feel very privileged to know them. Yes, we do. Okay, well, this season of the podcast, we're focusing on raising emotionally strong and worry-free kids, and would love to ask the two of you: What is a favorite memory or story from growing up that shaped you into who you are? Oh wow. Well, I'll jump into that. I grew up feeling, I think, really secure as a kid. My mom, she poured into me a lot. She taught me about beauty and uh, about a love for, for art and music. 
you know, we would have spontaneous dance parties in the kitchen. You know, at Halloween, she would pull up to carpool in a in costume. Oh, wow. She would take me on walks and, you know, say, well, hey, Gene, how many colors of green do you see in the tree? Mm. What that developed in me, I think, is a sense of self, identity, fun. I could be creative. She really encouraged my creative side and was really affirming of that, which if you're creative, there's an awkwardness. There's sort of a self-doubt. So she always pumped into that. But she never shamed me. I made a lot of mistakes, and I never felt any shame when I made a mistake. And then my dad, he taught me the value of work. But, you know, it was always sort of a mantra of, you know, work before play. But it wasn't just work. It was, it was like hospitality and serving. He always was serving. So really, he taught me. I felt very taken care of. And that sort of imparted it on me, the sense of not just duty, but taking care of other people. And so I felt secure. I felt affirmed. I didn't feel, you know, shamed when I made mistakes. And I certainly made my fair share of mistakes. But also had a very healthy sense of being taken care of. And your dad always really included you, I feel like. Yeah, definitely included me. I mean, I knew he was busy, but, you know, he would always include me, whether he would take me to the office. He made time for me. We'd go fishing. We'd go play golf. And one of the things he would do is before a test or before a sporting event, he would always say, Gene, no matter the outcome, I'm proud of you. Uh Like, I love you. And the sun will come up tomorrow. I mean, Mm. so it was sort of like if you fail or if Mm. you drop the pass or, you know, whatever, it's going to be all right. Sun will come up and I'm proud of you. So Mm. that's actually really helped me as an adult because it's something that I've always kind of hang my hat on that. You know, now I'm like, Mm. okay, I could bomb on this, but it's going to be all right because, you know, uh, I'm loved. Yes. Yes. I've experienced that same love from his parents just because we've been together for so long. And I can't think about my childhood also without reflecting on my mom and my dad both. They just always were such fans and advocates for me. I think one major memory that I have for my mom is that I always knew that my mom was praying for me. She would write me letters. She would leave me notes. I knew her friends were praying for me, which now as a mom is even more meaningful. She would often give me license to try new things, to do hard things, to say, you can do this. I know you can do this. And so it enabled me to kind of step out of my comfort zone a lot. And my dad was just a constant in a study. He was every game. He was an encourager. He was coaching all the sports. He was just present doing all the things. Um, Mom was the one that listened and did a lot of talking. And dad's was, was just a steady presence. And I think both of them trusted me a lot. And I think their trust fostered confidence in me. It also gave me the desire to trust them and communicate with them along the way. And so I think just the, the self-confidence that came about being loved and advocated for by both of them was huge. And they still really are, even as grandparents, telling me, you're doing a great job. It just means so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fun to hear. I grew up with them, too. And, you did. And they're great. And I think they go out of their way to make sure that when I observed her growing up, but now with their grandchildren to make sure they, their kids have got what they need or their grandkids have what they need. Mm-hmm. And I think that's certainly a legacy from them is mm-hmm. making sure that you had what you needed to be successful. It's true. Yeah. I love hearing those stories. It's so fun. No one, y'all. David, remember how one of my New Year's goals was to cook more? I do. How's that going for you? It's going great, especially since I got my brand new Caraway cookware. 
I am loving my Caraway cookware. Me too. It's non-toxic, which means it's made without any of those hard-to-pronounce chemicals, and it's so easy to use with its naturally slick surface. You can use minimal oil or butter, and it's easy to clean. But you know what the best part about Caraway cookware is? What's that? It's so stinking cute. It comes in multiple colors to fit with any design aesthetic. I am loving my blue cookware. Yeah, that's what sold Connie on it. Well, that and Caraway's easy access storage so that no stacking is required. Gone are the days of misplacing our cookware lids. Hallelujah. Kitchenware that makes your kitchen look cute and organized. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Our friends at Caraway are offering an exclusive deal for our listeners. Visit carawayhome.com slash girls to take advantage of this limited-time offer for 10% off your next purchase. That's carawayhome.com slash raisingboysandgirls or use code raisingboysandgirls at checkout. So what would y'all say, thinking about your kids, what are some things that are helping them move toward becoming emotionally strong, Mm -hmm. worry-free? I wouldn't say we've accomplished worry-free, but I would say... (laughs) Nobody has. Right, right. A couple of things I think we found that are really helpful. Time is a huge component. I think with our girls, we find it's not necessarily quantity time, but it's more quality time. Sometimes it's quantity if we're having time together as a family on a trip or something like that. But I think the girls really desire for us to listen and not just listen, but listen and not always give a lot of feedback. Mm. We see them both kind of drop their guard more when they feel like they're being heard. And then with the boys, there's just a sweet response when there's a physical engagement or play, especially with mm-hmm. our youngest. Wrestling, basketball. Wrestling, basketball, mm. all those kinds of things. The barometer of anxiety kind of comes down mm. for them with that. And we've learned, Jean's way better at this than I am, but also just asking for their forgiveness. Mm. I think what happens when we say, hey, listen, you did nothing wrong here. This is my sin. This is where I've gone wrong. Please forgive me. It creates a safe space for them to do the same, to come to us and just say, here, I messed up. I'm a huge fan at our house, too, of just Mm do-overs. We just say, I said it in the car today to my youngest, who was barking orders from the back seat. I just, I just, I just said, um, okay, would you like to try that again? Mm. Uh, okay, mom, I'm sorry. And, you know, start it mm. over. But it just, it's, it's kind of a tone of grace. I found that if, if mm. I can count to three and say, hey, let's mm-hmm. have a do-over instead of reacting, mm. it just goes a lot better. Yeah. Yes. And then I'm going to pitch this one to you, but something that we, several years ago, we heard a speaker talking about having kind of a theme or a core values that your kids just grew up hearing from you repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And so Jean does such a great job of asking our kids this question. The question is really, what's my job as our dad? What's, what's our job as your parents? And the answer is to love you, is to teach you, to protect you, and to have fun with you. Mm-hmm. With our littles, it's sort of something that I'll say to them at bedtime is sort of a question before we go to bed. But a lot of times it's in the context of like them getting feedback that they don't want to hear, like, hey, you, I don't think you should do that, or mm-hmm. I don't really feel like you should go there or do that. And mm-hmm. they'll say, well, you know, why not? And it's to say, well, what's my job? Mm-hmm. You know, it's to teach you, it's to protect you, or it's to prepare you to, like, leave this house and 
I'm not doing this because I just got a random thought to say you can't do this or whatever. It's because I'm trying to prepare you and I'm doing it out of love or I'm doing it out of a teaching moment. All four of them can answer it in their own way. The littles will say mm. to take care of me, to love me, to play with me. And then the older two, we've kind of shifted that. Mm. And they'll be annoyed in the moment, but when you ask that question, they'll roll their eyes and then, okay, you know. I think it, I think it brings context to mm. the what and, yes. and opens a door for, yes. for discussion because yes. it's not just seen as arbitrary, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just, it's a no because I say so. It's, mm-hmm. well, this is my perspective. It usually allows opportunity for conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, what is something looking back to the early years of parenting that you worried about that you wish you hadn't? So for me, immediately, I put too much emphasis on being the provider, the provider side of being a parent or a father. And I felt that I was really imbalanced there for like almost a decade. I just didn't put enough emphasis on the other aspects of being a parent. When I finally came to the realization, now probably five or so years ago, to put less emphasis on that and to be more balanced and not just being the provider and taking time, whether it was knocking off early to go to practice or to driving that Uber shift or Mm. just taking vacation and being fully present on vacation, just it's opened up the lid on me Mm. for how valuable that is and I have got a newfound appreciation for the importance of balance as a parent and that my job and my identity is not solely, you know, as the provider and they don't even care what my job is. You know, they just want me to be present. Mm. So it took me a while to figure that out. Mm. Well, and I saw a tangible difference in you when you started to embrace that because there is something so much more fulfilling, you know, just lifelong the longevity of pouring into your kids and just you're a great dad and you love being a dad and so oh yes yeah I just think it has equalized the idea of what duty is and so now I think of my job as provision is you know if it changed if it looked different my identity is not so much wrapped up in holding on tight to it it can evolve but it's also given me the present I've been given myself the freedom and the grace to be and do things other than just work. For me, I feel like I spent a lot of time making a big deal out of things that weren't a big deal when I, well, especially these firstborns, who bless. <laughs> and, you know, I, I thought of a silly example, and Jean was like, yes, that happened. <laughs> she would come out, and her clothes would not be matched. And I would be like, no, 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 we need to change that. Well, we know now that there's a freedom and an independence to mm-hmm. just letting your kid come out and go to the grocery store or wherever wearing what they're wearing. And I think there's this part of me that was thinking she'll never grow up knowing how to match her clothes. <laughs> Just so silly. But I think I wish that I had not made such a fuss about things that were small mm. in the big scheme of things. Because I do see the impact of it now. We're creating opportunities for healing from that. You know? But, mm. you know, so that's kind of a wish that I have for sure. Mm. Along those lines, what would you each say is a statement you wish someone had said to you early on in the parenting journey? Well, based on that last answer, just let it go. Just let things go. And I think also just remember that parenting, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And a lot of times I want to see quick change or a heart change. You know, well, we've been doing this, you know, and 
it doesn't happen overnight. And so now that we have teenagers, it's just so sweet to see some of the things that we imparted on them when they were little that I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, they're never, this is never going to stick. It does, you know, mm-hmm. and if you just put one foot in front of the other and you continue to be consistent and intentional and love them, it does. It sticks and it may bloom over time. And it's even more beautiful because then it's it's change that's happened inside of them instead of them regurgitating something that, you know, mm. you want them to say or to do. I love that. See ya. Well, I think for me, it's sort of in the theme of what I said about being a little bit too focused on being the provider. And so I think the two things that I would say that I wished I sort of had as a plaque, if you will, on my desk would have been, hey, Gene, play with your kids. Mm. And we did play. But that is such a short season in each of their lives, and it's such a magical season. And I think that you don't get that period back when it's gone. And I think that it's something that if you do do that, awesome. And if you don't, do it because it's, it's really magical. And I think the other thing would also be your rough day at the office or whatever's going on in your day, it's not your kid's fault. Don't bring that home and hide behind that and snap at them or be grouchy or something to that effect. It's not their fault that you had a bad day or you had a, a tough season. I wish that had been something that had been just imprinted more profoundly in my mind. It ties back to what Betsy was talking about, asking for forgiveness. And I think now it's sort of circling back and saying, my mood or my emotions, they're not your fault. Mm. You have no responsibility for that. That's totally on me. That's my sin, you know, manifesting itself in my tone or, you know, however Mm. I responded has nothing to do with you. I think that's something that I wish somebody just said, here's a nice little framed placard. Mm. Read it every day before you go home. Um, Don't forget it. Because of working so much with girls, I feel like so much of the work of them becoming their own people is to realize that other people's emotions aren't their responsibility. And I can't even imagine growing up as a kid for someone to say that out loud to me. Mm -hmm. My emotions are not your responsibility. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just think that would be game changing for kids. Just, wow. So grateful. Me too. I do see that in my, especially my oldest girl's eyes when we communicate that to her. There's a relief that comes about. Yes. Because she definitely tends to carry the weight of that. Of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The oldest. Well, and I had to apologize to our 15-year-old son this morning because I had a dramatic moment. And, um, <laughs> and, and so I had to circle back and just be like, you know, man, that response was me. I was stressed. I was just stressed about, you know, trying to get everything done so we could get out of the door. And I had nothing to do with you. I'm really mm-hmm. sorry that I did that. And his response is, it's fine. I said, no, no, I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. And I could tell by the look on his face, he was like, you were wrong. Thank you for saying that. Like, mm-hmm. So I think it's certainly something that is now very front of my mind that I've got to circle back and just make sure that they know that my stuff is my stuff and it's not theirs. Mm. Sissy, I noticed that you are drinking more water than normal, and that's a good thing with all the talking we are doing on this podcast. (laughs) We are doing a lot of talking on this podcast, and yes, I'm trying to hydrate more. For anyone trying to improve their health, hydration is a great place to start, and Liquid IV is the hydration brand that fuels your well-being. 
I love the convenience of the packaging and throwing some in my purse during the week and my suitcase on the weekends when we travel. I love all the flavor options. What's your current favorite? I like one of the fancy apple ones. What about you? Lemon lime, pina colada, passion fruit. Oh, you mean just one of my favorites? (laughs) I did, but I understand why it's hard to choose just one. Sissy, one stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone and contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. Grab your liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code RBG at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code RBG at liquidiv.com. Would love to ask the two of you, when you look around you, what do you see other parents struggling with the most? Well, I would say not just other parents. I think we struggle with this too and talk to our peers about it, but just how busy we can be. And the feeling that you should say yes to everything that comes along. And I know for us as parents of four kids, I have a desire for everybody to have equal opportunity to be exposed to everything, you know. And sometimes I'll feel guilty because, you know, my firstborn went to the zoo, into the library, into story time, into this, into that. And so I'll say yes to other things for the the younger two because they're not getting to do some of the things because they're being toted around in the car, you know, picking up from practices and things like that. So... I would say not just other families, but it's just the busyness and saying yes to everything and the way it impacts our family is it just really kind of disintegrates family connection and family time. And we're in these seasons where we're kind of passing in the night and not eating dinner around the table and we're not connecting. It certainly makes everything more tense. And then there's just no place for just rest Rest. and Sabbath, you know, just really taking time to... Kids need to rest. I think it's so important for them to have the time to just be still. Mm-hmm. And um, I think everybody needs that. But I, I definitely think that when they have the time to just have a chill afternoon mm-hmm. or a Saturday. Or even this morning, our kids didn't go to school today. And we moved a little slower this morning, just being in your pajamas. And mm. it's just the tone is just so different. So different. So I think I talk a lot to my friends about that. As You know, the pandemic slowed everybody down to a halt. And I wanted to bring some of those things, but then right. before you know it, you're just back in these rhythms of just being so busy. I think for me, I, I see control in comparison as two things that people struggle with. And I would include us in that as well. I mean, we're certainly looking in a mirror, but I think in the control, parents trying to control all the inputs and the outputs. Parents are anxious. That anxiety that they've got transfers to their kids. Everything's just tense. And mm. You're just sort of protecting them from unknown dangers, but also always waiting for the worst case scenario to happen. And the kids become almost like a little idol and it's an extension of themselves. And so if they make a mistake, it's a huge deal. And you're like, "Uh, you know, maybe it shouldn't be that big of a deal. And it's just a very tight and brittle sort of existence. And then I think this whole idea of comparison, not embracing the child that you've got, but sort of always comparing them to, well, you know, this kid is doing that. And why can't you do this for that kid? And that creates anxiety, the comparison and the control. I think one of the things I really benefited from, and I try to push back against the idea of trying to control and trying to be so influential is I had a lot of freedom as a kid. And as a teen, I can remember 
you know, in my 16th year, my parents let me drive nine hours to my aunt's farm. Wow. You know, we had just a lot of freedom to do things and I made mistakes, but I also learned a lot of good life lessons. And so I think we collectively struggle, us included, you know, with this tendency to want to control all the outputs, inputs, and then comparing your kid, not just loving what you got, but always trying to like trade up and be like, why can't you do this? Mm -hmm. I think that's a struggle Mm -hmm. and it's unfortunate. And you really have to be very front of mind about not getting sucked into the group think or the feeding frenzy around whatever it is, because everybody just ends up so so tense. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? It backfires too because we've compared our kids to our nieces and nephews before and they're like, well, I'm not so-and-so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It doesn't work anyway. That's yeah. so true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we talk a lot about arming ourselves with truth. Mm-hmm. And if you each had to say a truth that helps you worry less as a parent, what would you all say? This past year in particular, the theme of my daily devotions has been just this realization that I'm not in control Mm. and that God is ultimately in control. And, you know, God created them. God saves them. God calls them home. God is ultimately in control of their life. And I've been blessed to be a parent and I'm their caretaker. I'm their protector, their, their teacher, their first love. But I don't save them and I didn't give them life. So I think there's freedom in that when I'm in the Word and I'm healthy and reminding myself of that, right? And so I think that that's been very important for me as a father to be reminded of that on a daily basis so that I don't have a tendency to control or I don't have a tendency to compare and that I can rest in the fact that I am where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to do and so are they. And Mm -hmm. if they make a mistake, they're not flawed. It's not a moral crisis. It's not the end of the world. The sun will come up. But how do I appropriately respond? Uh, how do I not shame them? How do I love them? Because I've got a role, but God's got them. And so that's been a very profound reminder for me this year. And I'm just not in control. Mm. Well, and piggybacking on him, just saying when I am in the Word, what I would say to that question is I definitely tend to worry less when I'm spending time in Scripture. Because when I'm spending time in Scripture, I'm being reminded of who my Jesus is Mm -hmm. and what He has done for me and how much He loves my kids, and He loves them immensely more than Mm -hmm. I do. And that enables me not to worry. Two scriptures that I really think about when I think about these truths is Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. You know, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Mm -hmm. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. And the other one is Psalm 143, verses 8, and also verse 10. Let me experience your faithful love in the morning, for I trust in you. Reveal to me the way I should go, because I appeal to you. Teach me to do your will, for you are God. May your gracious spirit lead me on level ground. And that first scripture, I feel like the reminder of the mercies being new every morning is so huge, because I do mess up, and I do yell at my kids, and I get impatient, and tomorrow is a new day. It's a fresh start not just for me, but also for them when they've messed up. And so I love that, and I'm so thankful for that. And then just that second scripture in Psalm 143 is just that when I wake up in the morning and I meet my Savior, He's pouring His love out to me. And I don't have to know the way to go. He's going to show me the way to go. And I love how the second one I did from the Christian Standard, the first one was ESV, but I love how in the 
Christian Standard says, may your gracious spirit lead me on level ground because I feel like when I'm in my flesh and when I'm trying to make decisions or plot out a plan myself, it feels really unsteady. But when I am spending time with him and reflecting on who God is, it makes things just much more level. Yeah. Great reminders. Okay, you two, we like to end with something fun and food-related. <laughs> Two-part question. We love food. Good. We love food with y'all. We love yes. food with you often. Queso or guac? Yes. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's good. That's yes. Yes. Strong yes, yes. already. Yep. And what's your favorite taco? Well, if I have to pick, it would be queso, but really it's just a yes because yes, I love true. them both. <laughs> yeah. um, chips and anything are my love language. <laughs> they are. I have, really haven't met any Mexican food that I don't like. <laughs> At the end of a, a long day, I know that the know go-to to mm-hmm. pickup is Mexican takeout with queso. If he wants to say, I love you. It's just like, yeah, that, I'm, I'm is. showing up with that. Your love language. You go get in the bath. I'll make sure it's all out. Oh, yeah. geez, that's awesome. It's good. Oh, but yeah. as far as a taco, I love a brisket taco. Mm. Um, but I love oh, tacos. Yeah, those those so. pickled red onions. Yes. Mm. yes. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so I'm by proxy, Mexican food is the best. There's a steelhead fish taco at Elwood Shack. It's a little restaurant in Memphis. We haven't been there with no. y'all. We'll have to take it's you It's not there. a Mexican restaurant. Oh. They have everything, and it's all delicious. Yeah, okay. so yeah. it's on Summer Avenue. So Summer Avenue is sort of the Mexican food stretch food in Memphis that, oh. that is fabulous. But Elwood's fish tacos, the steelhead tacos, to me, are just fabulous. They've got just great, great toppings. It's just so good. So, yeah, that's my favorite. And my favorite is just to sit outside Ambiance, spring mm. day, fall day, boom, it's Let's perfect. be honest, for people who are listening, there's no ambiance. It's in front of a Lowe's. And so <laughs> I'm a dad, and that's that's ambiance to me. <laughs> and it's not a Mexican <laughs> restaurant, you but everything you eat there is <laughs> divine. It's divine. But it's yes. where the contractors come in and they get their wow. lunch yeah. and they go and so good. So we are queso people. It's, it's true. The, it's the first thing that's asked for when the when the bag is open and it's the first thing that's done mm, before sure. we throw anything away. What are y'all? I'm more guac. I don't know. I'm on a salsa kick right now, but I really love all of it. Any, I'm like that. you. Anything that goes with the chip, I'm great with. Yeah. It can be yes. anything. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing that I saw recently was this video where they said, hey, would you like to eat 40 corn tortillas? And the person was like, no. I mean, why would you do that? He said, well, what if I fried them? <laughs> and uh, it was, wow. you know, it was the equivalent of two baskets. And I was like, wow. Ooh. That's my Because you know language. when you're at a Mexican restaurant, you're <laughs> yes. eating yes. Yeah. And so over in the video, they cut them up and they showed and they yeah. poured yeah. them. That is so funny. Yeah. They showed it to me. I was like, ooh. Wow. That's are. a little painful. That's yeah. my vice. Well, other than that comment, <laughs> this conversation was every bit as thoughtful and hope-filled as I would have imagined so sitting nice. down with the two of y'all. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, really. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be here. And Mm. I think the genuine feeling that we've both got is just one of immense pride to see the work that this organization does Mm. and has done over the years. But it's just such a wonderful homecoming Mm. because it's just doing such great work. And so we're proud of y'all. And Well, and we both, I've gotten to hear you speak recently several times. (laughs) Several, too many times. It's just a joy to see not only how much y'all have grown, Mm. but just how your life experience is encouraging and pouring into others. It's really cool. Thanks. Really cool. 
the best. We love you guys. We do love you guys. Yes. It's yeah. mutual. Thank you. Come back to Memphis. Soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to click the follow button in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. To learn more about our parenting resources or to see if we're coming to a city near you, visit our website at RaisingBoysAndGirls.com. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.